Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I am your host, Dan Harris, and you can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Somehow, by the time you are listening to this, week 15 of the NFL season is going to be over, which means it's time to start taking an early look at week 16's lines. With me today to break it all down is Dave Koken, a longtime Las Vegas handicapper and host of the LV Sportsline. You can find him on Twitter at Dave Koken. Dave, how you doing? Good. Looking forward to the last couple of weeks of the regular season and then the playoffs. It's a fun time of year. Yeah, it's really crazy. I can't believe how fast uh, the NFL season goes. Now, Dave appeared on our show several weeks ago, and from the feedback we got from the listeners, and frankly, Mike, I couldn't agree more with this, everyone thought that your insight was outstanding. I don't think I'm putting too much pressure on you when I tell you that I think everybody is in for a treat today to hear Dave's takes on all of the opening lines. Now, the lines that we're going to be using here are the consensus odds over at bettingpros.com. That is the aggregate of what you're going to see across most of the markets, uh, especially online. All right, Dave, let's dive right in here. Let's start here. We've got three Saturday games this week. Let's start with the first one, the Texans at the Bucks. The line here has moved all the way to Texans minus three. When I first looked at it, it was Texans minus one, but right now they're laying three with a total that's down a bit from the opener of 53 to 51 and a half. The Texans beat the Titans yesterday in a game that they controlled pretty well. They turned the ball over twice deep in Titans territory, so they easily could have run by, won by more. Division very much still in play here, though, so they need to keep winning. Meanwhile, the Bucks win big against the Lions. Jameis Winston throws for over 450 yards and four touchdowns for the second straight game. The defense continues to play better, but most likely part of the reason why you've seen the line move in favor of the Texans and the total come down is that the Bucks are down both of their top two wide receivers at this point. Neither Mike Evans nor Chris Godwin is going to play here. They may also be down Scotty Miller, so they're really hurt there. Any thoughts here on the Texans laying three and the total at 51 and a half? Well, I don't like the spot for Houston uh, for the simple reason that, you know, they're coming off this big win against Tennessee and then they've got the rematch next week. And, you know, uh, you want to talk about a sandwich, this is it. And it's not like the Bucs have rolled over and decided to play dead. They're seven and seven. They've got a chance for a winning season and they've got a lot of momentum right now. Uh, obviously, the receiving situation is not great. And the defense for Tampa Bay is not great. But it's one of those spots. And listen, this is going to be a common theme that you'll hear from me throughout this broadcast. Um, betters and analysts have a tendency to look at the last two weeks and automatically say, well, this is a contender playing a team that's not involved in the playoffs. And they want to be in the contender because it's more important to them. But if you look at the records over the years, you've done a lot better taking the non-contenders against the contenders than you have the opposite. Uh, it, the odds makers adjust for this, and I think this is a good example. Houston being a three-point favorite here is pretty substantial. Yeah, sharp betters have been hitting Tampa Bay pretty hard over the past, you know, six or seven weeks. They're a better team than they sort of appeared to be early on. They were dug in by, you know, James Winston throwing a bunch of picks. And, you know, well, you mentioned – go ahead, I'm sorry. They all, and they also got completely robbed out of a game at Seattle. I mean, this is a team that actually should be contending for a playoff spot themselves. No, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned it with the, the bad spot for the Texans. You know, you think about them coming off that giant win against the Patriots, and then they get completely blown out of the water yeah. by the Broncos, right? And they come up for it. So this game, yeah, it's a little tough. Again, because if they win next week against the Titans, I think they win the division regardless of this yeah. game, given that they won. So it certainly is a spot where on the surface you think, well, the Texans are going to come in. They're playing well. They're going to beat this team. But, yeah, I agree. It's it's a spot where you definitely don't want to overlook the Bucks despite all their injuries at wide receiver. Let's move on here to the Bills at the Patriots. Patriots right now laying six with a pretty low total 
of 38 and a half. The Pats win big as expected against the Bengals and the offense got going a little bit more in the second half when they focused more on the run, just generally getting their running backs involved because their passing game is really not working at the moment. And that's really how you attack the Bills, right? They allow 4.3 yards per carry on the ground. But, you know, the Bills, look, they continue to play well. Big win uh, into Pittsburgh last night. They're in the playoffs. They've got a shot at the division if they can win this game. So how do you feel here about the Pats at home laying six with a total of 38 and a half? Well, if you want to lay it with the Patriots, you better do it in a hurry because this game will not, uh, in my opinion, will not end up at six. Uh, I think it'll I, I think it'll tick back up. I know the early money was on Buffalo, uh, but I, I think it gets back to seven eventually. And the reasoning is going to be is what it usually is. It's the it's a big game. It's the Patriots. They're at home, and it's tough to argue against that rationale. It's worked for so long. Maybe this is the year it doesn't. It's not like the Patriots have been blazing hot down the stretch, and even in Sunday's game against the Bengals, they weren't really they weren't very good in the first half of that football game. Uh, but push comes to shove, it's really tough to get go against New England and Belichick and Brady and Foxborough. And it is a second straight road game for the Bills coming off the Sunday night game. So they're going to be, you know, having to travel for a second straight week. I know it's not a long trip, but it's still back-to-back road games late in the season. Those aren't easy. And I didn't think the Bills were great against the Steelers by any means. So I can see why New England will probably end up getting some public support here. And I don't know that the sharp money will be against it. Yeah, it's going to be really an interesting breakdown because I have to feel like the public, you know, got a little bit tired of the Patriots just because, you know, you figured they would beat KC in that game and they lost. You figured they might beat the Texans when the spreads were so low. But the fact that they lost, I wondered whether or not the public was going to kind of abandon the Patriots. And, you know, you see the Bills win. They don't look great, as you said. But it's a tough game against a difficult defense uh, with the Steelers. Coming in here, you know, the teams played tight in the first game. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But you think that the line is going to tick up then from where it is right now at minus six. Yeah, I I think it finishes – I don't think it finishes – lower than six and a half. So six and a half or seven should be the close as well. All right. So if you like the Pats, you might as well get in on early, as Dave said. Let's move on to the Rams at the Niners. Niners here laying six and a half and the total at 45 and a half. I mean, this is where it is right now for the 49ers and the Seahawks. 49ers lose a game. They drop from the first seed to the fifth seed with a loss to the Falcons. They desperately need this game. They're down a ton of skill players on mm-hmm. defense in particular. Maybe they get a little bit healthier here, but certainly not at full strength. The Rams, meanwhile, had been playing really, really well of late. Then they get blown out by the Cowboys after the spread in that game had moved, I don't know, four or five points towards uh, the Rams by the time it kicked off. Cowboys run all over them. The offense for the Rams looks all out of sorts yesterday. Their playoff hopes are all but dashed here. So how do you see this one with the 49ers laying six and a half and the total at 45 and a half? And and this falls into that category that I talked about at the top of the broadcast, where the betters are definitely going to look at San Francisco here and say, well, the Rams season is over. Why are they going to care about this? And that might indeed be the case for a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. It's very possible the Rams could mail in the last couple of games, uh, especially after the way they, they just got trucked yesterday uh, at Dallas. But, boy, I wouldn't want to lay this kind of number here uh, because in the NFL, teams just don't mail it in as a rule. And against a rival like the 49ers, I can see the Rams making this kind of their playoff game, if you will. San Francisco with all the injuries, I, it, it's tough to back them here. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, the Seattle game is, is bigger next week, if you want to say it that way. Um, I don't know, six and a half to me is, is too much. 
and I think it'll go higher than that. Uh, I don't know that I'll actually bet the Rams, but that number is going to keep me away from the for, from the 49ers. Yeah, this is a, a game that I feel like you can really buy low on the Rams based on what happened yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to need motivation to get up for a division rival after they were embarrassed in a game where everybody was watching because it's against the Cowboys, you know, America's team. And the 49ers... They have had a bunch of really, really tough games in a row right now. You know, putting aside all the injuries that they've got on the defensive side, that game with the Ravens was really hard hitting. The Saints, they just beat the, you know, heck out of each other. Then you got this heartbreaking loss to Atlanta. So, of course, the Niners are going to come out. They're going to be motivated. They're going to want to win. But, you know, at this point, they've just got to be so beaten down that I, it's hard to see them really blowing the Rams out, considering it's a divisional rival game. So I agree when you're getting almost a touchdown at this point, it's really difficult to take the Niners like you. I don't know if I'd be willing to pull the trigger on the Rams, but I'd lean that way if I was forced to pick a side at this early juncture. Let's move on to the Giants at the Redskins. Redskins actually favored here, laying two and a half points with a total of 42. Eli wins his last home game. Uh, the team's probably going to go back to Daniel Jones, assuming that he's healthy, which, you know, there was a little bit of optimism last week. So I think you can probably expect Jones to be out there, but it's a little bit of an unknown. Uh, look, they're not a good team, but the run defense has been better over the last five or six weeks. Meanwhile, the Redskins lose to the Eagles, but it was probably their most impressive offensive performance with Dwayne Haskins at the helm. The defense, uh, I mean, they're, you know, they're putting up an effort. That's what I'll say for the Redskins. So how do you feel about them as the favorites laying two and a half with a total of 42? Well, I think it's safe to say that of all the games this weekend, this will be probably not the lowest volume game of the week because I think that's probably Cincinnati and Miami. <laughs> but this will be close to that level. You know, you've got unknown Who's going to be playing for the Giants? I guess it'll probably be Thomas Jones, but I don't think that's a definite. The game means absolutely nothing. Actually, the loser benefits more than the winner. And, boy, those are games I don't want to get involved in. The money is going to show on the Redskins for what it's worth. I think it could uh, well, probably settle at two or two and a half. But I do think the Redskins will probably get a little more uh, uh, money than the Giants here. And that's about all I have to say. And there's certain games on the schedule that you just gloss over, and this is one of them. Uh, there are a bunch, by the way, this week, yeah. right? I was thinking about that. I was thinking about there are going to be probably four games. I mean, I'm thinking about the Lions and the Broncos, which we'll get to in a bit. I mean, I don't really see too many people wanting to get all that excited. But again, you mentioned it, so let's move on to the next game that most people are going to stay away from, and that's the Bengals at the Dolphins. Right now, I have it at Dolphins minus one. I thought I checked before, and it was Bengals minus one. I, you know, I may have uh, noted that down wrong, but it may have been moving towards the Dolphins. Total at 46 and a half. I imagine we're not going to spend too much time on this one, but lots of implications for the you know the NFL draft here none really for real football the Bengals remain terrible the Dolphins have some spunk but really not many playmakers beyond Devontae Parker both teams coming off losses as usual again can't imagine there's going to be a lot of action on this one but how do you feel right now Dolphins laying one total of 46 and a half the early money's definitely been on Cincinnati um you know they did play well against the Patriots for a half uh, for what it's worth and you've got a quarterback at Andy Dalton who's looking for a job because uh, it certainly looks like we know who's going to be the quarterback in Cincinnati next year. His name's Joe Burrow. And I would think that, that uh, Dalton's going to look at this as an audition uh, where he can hopefully latch on with somebody else for a, another season or two. Um, that makes me look at the Bengals a little more than the Dolphins. Uh, it, it, outside of that, there's not much to choose. Uh, both teams will try hard because they, they are trying hard. And there's no reason to think they're just going to quit and you know, I don't think it's going to be played like an exhibition game. Uh, I would, it's a tepid look at best. I'm not going to, 
I doubt very much that I'll actually get involved in the game, but I would lean Bengals here. Yeah, I mean, it's also possible that A.J. Green is going to make it back for this game. He's yeah. been pushing to play. He wants to sort of show something. And, you know, football players want to play. If so, it's not like that has a great impact on the line or anything like that, but it would certainly make the Bengals more enticing. For me, it's just not a game I've got a great feel for. I don't like betting on either one of these teams, so it's probably one I'm going to pass on. And again, like the Redskins and the Giants, I doubt it's going to be a game that's going to see a whole lot of action no. in the market. Uh, this one probably will, though. The Saints at the Titans. Saints here are laying one and a half with the total of 51. So Dave and I are recording this right at the start of the Saints-Colts game on Monday Night Football. So obviously, this could change if there are any major injuries or anything like that. But for now, we don't really have anything to take away from this game from the Saints. The Titans, however, as we mentioned, lose to the Texans. They remain in the mix for either the division or the wild card now that Pittsburgh lost the game last night. They've got injuries in their secondary, but defensively, they're still playing well. Overall, Ryan Tannehill has given them a real shot in the arm offensively. So, you know, Saints laying only one and a half with a total of 51 in Tennessee. How do you feel? Well, the Saints, are, if they win tonight, uh, they're very much in the hunt to get the number one seed. So they're going to have more reason to play, or excuse me, at least as much reason to play as Tennessee. But it's still a situation where the Saints have clinched their playoff spot, and that often takes an edge off teams the last couple of weeks, even if they have a better seed to play for. It's, it's something that's more important to the media and the fans than it actually is to the players. That's the way it's been over the years. And I don't expect it to be any different here. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints have some guys who come out of tonight's game a little bit bruised. You might see them sit on Sunday. This is definitely a wait-and-see game. Let me ask you something, you know, because you mentioned that, you know, the the impact of the seeds, you know, that's more for the fans, less for the players. But yeah. in this case, it could be the difference between a buy and a non-buy. Oh, I know, I know. It's the same thing with that, then. The buys don't really, you don't it, think that motivates the players as much as it, you the fans would think? It just, the reality is it doesn't. I mean, it sounds like it's supposed to. But if you look back over the years, you've seen a lot of teams in this identical situation that have just not been sharp the last couple of weeks because they want to be rested and ready and prepared for the games that matter. Uh, you know, I, 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 I know that doesn't make sense. It's like, well, but they've got a chance to win the number one seed and get off for a week. So, yeah, they're supposed to, but it doesn't work out that way. Yeah, no, I hear you. And again, the Titans. Uh, it, gonna... Go ahead. Uh, sorry, if, if if sports betting was all about logic, everybody would win. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there are so many times where you think about it, be like, well, you know, just thinking on on a logical level, X makes sense. Right. And the majority of the time, it turns out to be Y in the sports betting market. And again, there are a couple of things here. Number one, it's outdoors, which obviously, you know, the the Saints passing game never looks quite as as dominant as it does indoors. The Titans are obviously motivated. And the thing with the Saints is, you know, I'll see how Marlon Mack does tonight, but their run defense is really decimated here with Sheldon Rankin's going out. Uh, you know, they've lost a lot at linebacker. And so if Derrick Henry is healthy, which is a little bit of a question mark, he's been battling the hamstring injury he played yesterday, but he didn't have a huge game or anything like that, then certainly you could see a game where if Henry is right, he could run all over them and certainly might be good for the Titans. So it's a game that's a little scary for me, uh, and I think both teams are probably going to be motivated either way. Now, before we move on, I want to tell everybody about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Long gone are the days of needing to run to the counter and place your bet. With the BetMGM Sports app, you can place a bet right from your phone. Here's all you need to do. Search for the BetMGM Sports app in your app store, download it, and sign up for an account. And when you sign up, you're going to want to use our promo code HARRIS. That's my last name, HARRIS, because when you do, you're going to get a risk-free $500 bet. If you lose your first bet, 
BetMGM is going to refund it up to $500 for future wagers. And these things where you basically get guaranteed winning bets are not all that rare with BetMGM. This past weekend, if you placed a $1 money line bet on the Cowboys to beat the Rams, then you not only won your bet, but you also won $100 in free bets just because Dak Prescott completed a single pass. Seriously, there are a ton of great things on the app, but you need to sign up for an account and use our promo code Harris to get them. The winnings are paid in free bets. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet, and certain restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions, and if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Dave, let's move on here to the Steelers at my Jets. Steelers laying three with a total of 39. Real tough loss for the Steelers last night. It is unclear at the moment whether Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph is going to be under center. It's not clear whether Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be able to play. But the team is pretty desperate. Obviously, we've talked a lot. There are a lot of you know those situations where, on the surface, the team looks pretty motivated. They're going to come out and play hard. They're trying to get that sixth seed. Then you have the Jets, predictably embarrassed by Baltimore on Thursday night football. Jamal Adams may return here. That'd be a big boon for the defense, but they obviously don't have too much to play for other than pride. So how do you feel here about the Steelers visiting the Jets, laying three points with the total at 39? Yeah, it would have been great for the Steelers if they won last night and got to 9-5, and five, but they didn't. And that does make this game important. And, and I don't want the Jets. Uh, I know they're 5-9, and nine, and on occasion they've risen up and played a good game. Uh, but they're just a bad football team. And I, I think the Steelers will come prepared here. They played a really solid defense last night. Uh, the Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo's a solid team, and the Jets aren't. So I think Pittsburgh can do enough offensively here and play good defense, and this will be a really popular public side. Uh, the Steelers will get tons of public support in this game, but I, I think it's properly placed, and I, I believe the Steelers will win this game. Do you think it's going to move up past uh, the key number of three as it goes on? Uh, late, if it does. All right. Yeah. I, th- I, mean- I think it'll sit most of the week. I, You know, it's... It, the books don't like to move off key numbers anyway. Right. And, um, but I, I think it eventually, I don't think it's going to drop. So we'll see. I mean, I'm looking at my screen right now. It, it is possible, I guess, that some early num- uh, money might come on the Jets. But I think all that does is keep it from going to three and a half. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I would be surprised. I, I would expect, just looking at it from a 10,000-foot view, that the public's going to hammer, hammer oh, yeah. dealers, right? At this point, of course. Um, if for me, I'll be honest, Dave, I don't, you know, look, I'm a Jets fan. I'm naturally pessimistic about the team. They're not <laughs> a particularly good team. But I don't necessarily think this is a terrible matchup for them. I mean, I think that the offense showed a little something more than I expected against uh, the Ravens in this last game. They could have put up more points had they not had a couple of of killer random turnovers. They have a good run defense here, and the Steelers really need to focus through the run because Doc Hodges is not really getting it done uh, through the pass. They're on like the mini buy, so it's not a spot I won't like you. I don't want to back the Jets at all, right. but I I don't really feel great about the Steelers laying three. And if it gets above three, I don't know. I I certainly don't want to take them. I don't think it's going to get below three. So if they move off the key number, if anything, I could see myself being tempted to take the Jets at more than the field goal. But uh, I'm I'm not excited about it. I if if I were getting involved in this, I might look to tease the Jets up. Yeah, Pittsburgh's not blowing teams out. Okay. Uh, the Steelers are doing enough to win, and Tomlin's an excellent coach. And that's kind of the way I look at this game. But, you know, a six-point teaser, you get to go up to nine. That's not too bad in the Jets. 
Yeah. Now you always run the risk of Sam Darnold throwing the killer interception, well, yeah. you know, a defensive score. But I agree. And that's kind of what uh, our guest last week said about the Bills, you know, and the Steelers, that really the play was to tease the Bills up because whatever happened, it was seemed unlikely that the Steelers were going to be able to pull out, a you know, a nine point win or something like that. Right. Let's move on to the Ravens and the Browns, where one of the teams may pretty easily pull off a nine point win. And that's the Ravens yeah. laying 10 with a total at 49 revenge game for the Ravens here. They gave up, I believe, more than 40 points to the Browns uh, yep. in their first meeting. Uh, this line has been creeping up, you know, since it opened. The Ravens have a chance to clinch the top seed. They look borderline unstoppable at this point, especially offensively. The Browns are in a borderline rebellion status it's at not, this point. It's, so, it's not borderline. <laughs> there's all sorts of reports of players who want out. Uh, Odell Beckham is hurt. Mayfield is playing terribly. Everybody wants kitchens fired. They cannot stop the run. So, I mean, what do you do here? It's a big line. Ravens laying 10 with a total of 49. So here's here's the way to look at this game. And there's, there's several things here. And even though it's a big number, I think Baltimore's the side here. The Browns are a complete mess right now. Kitchens is not going to be coaching the team next year. Uh, if they'll get in, They're probably going to get in a, in a bidding war with Dallas for the services of Lincoln Riley, uh, who I think will be moving from Oklahoma to the NFL. Um, you've got the revenge factor. You've also got this with John Harbaugh. He likes to win everything. He's the best preseason coach in the NFL. I mean, you just automatically back Harbaugh, not Jim, but John, in preseason NFL games, and you just pick up the money after the game. Uh, it's He always plays to win, even in games that don't much matter. So even if you looked at this game and said, well, you know, the Ravens are about as safe as it's going to get at 12-2, and two, and there's no reason for them to, you know, be all out in this game, they will be, in my opinion. I think they want to kill the Browns if they can. And I got to tell you something. 10 to me is not extraordinarily expensive. I, I would look at the favorite here. I completely agree with you. And get in now, I think, because the line, yeah. I think, is just continuing to go up. Uh, I mean, I think it was eight and a half when I saw it open. It's just going to continue to rise. Yeah, I agree. I don't really care who the opponent is right now. The way that team looks, it's just it, it's really difficult to see any defense slowing them down whatsoever. It's certainly not the Browns, certainly not a team in disarray like them. It's going to just be I, I agree. I mean, you saw it against the Jets. They just, you know, they, it's yeah. it's it's like, you know, playing pitch and catch, basically, you know, at, at a flag football game with your kids or something like that. It, it really looks like yeah. So. It, it's Harbaugh is the opposite of most coaches who, and that's why I'm not, I know everybody's saying, well, it's Lamar Jackson week 17. He might have to be forced at gunpoint to do that because Harbaugh doesn't like to lose anything. And I think maybe common sense says, well, we have to sit him in week 17 just to be safe. But I, I never count on it with Harbaugh. Yeah. He, he, and he's got this team wired in so they want to win every game and they want to win big too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point about Harbaugh. So, uh, you know, I agree with you. The number 10, I think it's going to keep getting up. So, you know, if you want them, get in now. Let's move on to the Panthers at the Colts. Colts here are laying a touchdown with the total at 46 and a half. Again, we have not yet seen the Colts. So, you know, there could be injuries. T.Y. Hilton was active for this game tonight. You know, I don't know if he's going to make it all the way through it, but that certainly, if he does, bodes well for him to play next week. Uh, but we do know on the other side that Will Greer is going to take over yeah, as yeah, the uh, as a starting quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, they, they, you know, Kyle Allen has really been struggling of late. Uh, you know, they tried to come back against the Steelers, but uh, against the Seahawks, but, it, you know, he really wasn't in the cards and he just has not played well for a while. Defensively, they've just kind of mailed it in at this point. They're the worst team in the league at stopping the runs. So how do you feel here about the Colts laying seven with the total at 46? Well, again, I got to know who's playing for the Colts, but uh, all I can tell you is Will Greer did not look 
like he had any idea of what was going on in the preseason. Uh, he was he was pretty bad. And, in fact, that's why when Cam Newton went down, you know, even though Greer was Greer is the more highly regarded of their quarterback prospects, uh, he never even got a sniff. And I, I just, well, I'll have to see that the game has slowed down for him a little bit because in preseason it looked like it was way too fast for Greer. And if that's the case, uh, he could be a nightmare here. Yeah, I can't see any scenario where I'd back the Panthers uh, in this game. You know, I don't I don't love right now the Colts laying a touchdown. It was six and a half uh, before Greer was named uh, the starter. I don't know if that's why it moved, but it moved. Um, so if anything, I guess I'd look at the Colts. I think Frank Reich is a great coach. I think they'll continue to play hard, even though, you know, depending on what happens tonight, they could be completely out of playoff contention. Either way, their chances is going to be like 5% yeah, or something. They're, they're dead anyway. Yeah, but they're going to play hard, I think, yeah. continually, because that's that's what you do under a good coach. So I, I would lean towards the Colts, but seven's kind of a big number. So I'll wait and see on that. Let's move on to the Jaguars at the Falcons. Falcons here laying 6.5 with a total of 45.5. Falcons come up with a huge win against the 49ers. They continue, you know, to show a lot of fight, even though their season's been over for several weeks, and especially as their offensive line has finally gotten a little bit healthier. The Jaguars, meanwhile, somehow managed to beat the Raiders in a game that Oakland looked like they could have won by 40 if they were inclined for the vast majority of it. Their defense has really just looked entirely beatable uh, for several weeks at this point. So how do you feel here about the Falcons laying six and a half with a total of 45 and a half? I don't think you'll be, I, I'll, I'm pretty sure about this. Uh, by the time this airs, you will not be able to lay six and a half. This line's going to go up. I think it will go through seven and we'll get the seven and a half. Um, the Falcons are playing very hard. They want Dan Quinn to remain as, as head coach. I think Arthur Blake wants to keep Quinn on as head coach. And if this team can win out and get the seven and nine, Quinn will be back as the head coach. You contrast that with the Jacksonville team where I, I really don't see much chance that Marone's going to be back. Um, the team was four and four. They've gone really bad down the stretch. And I don't know, I, I, Marone just doesn't, he doesn't impress me as a guy who's a real good NFL head coach. Um, I think this is all Falcons. And in terms of value, it, listen, if you can get a cheap number on it, grab it. The wor At worst, you'll be able to middle the game in the key number. Uh, but I would definitely say at six and a half, if there's any out there, take it minus six and a half. And I would still like the Falcons at minus seven. Yeah, under no circumstances can you really... I mean, I know they not only covered, but won against the Raiders, but under no circumstances can you back the Jaguars. DJ Chark may be back in this game, by the way. There's some early positive reports, but it doesn't really matter. Again, it's a lot about the defense, and as you mentioned it, Marone is... I, I mean, he's almost guaranteed to be gone uh, right. next season. The, the team does not look to be playing hard, and like you mentioned, somehow the Falcons, who looked completely dead in the water and lifeless you know, before their bye, have really come out and played exceptionally hard on both sides of the ball, even without Calvin Ridley this past week so I agree with you I like the Falcons you know I'd like it under the touchdown if you can get it but I agree with you even over the touchdown I'm fine to lay the points let's move on to the Raiders at the Chargers another game that will Oof. probably not be all that heavily bet uh the Chargers currently laying five and a half the over under at 47 so I'm not sure how you bet either one of these teams with any semblance of confidence the Raiders give away the game to the Jaguars the Chargers put up one of the worst offensive performances in recent memory against the Vikings they turned the ball over six times Philip Rivers has been struggling all year what do you do with a game like this where the Chargers are laying five and a half with a total of 47 I look at the Oakland side and I know that they're a team on a bad losing streak at this point um, and you know look 
it was like a funeral in a second. This is what happens. And it's happened many, so, so many times over the years. I was, I'm talking with somebody about the last game at Texas Stadium uh, earlier today. And I went back and reflected on some of the games from my younger days, uh, uh, old basketball courts that were you know, closing up when a team was going to be mo- moving to a new uh, location. And the thought process is, well, you know, this is the last game, and they're really going to want to win this last game. And sometimes it plays out that way early, but at some point it just seems like it becomes more of a funeral than a celebration. And I thought that's what happened to Oakland on Sunday. I, look, it, it was exciting early on. Everybody was in a good mood. And the time, by the time the second half rolled around, the place was already dead. Um, it was like the reality was setting in that this is it. They're done here. They're not playing anymore. And I thought the Raiders kind of ended up reflecting what the crowd was feeling, and they just they just lost their mojo in the second half and got beaten from behind by a you know pretty bad Jacksonville team. I think the Raiders will be better off playing on the road here, especially on a field where the Chargers. And look, when I when I do my power ratings, I give the Chargers zero for a home field advantage. Now that's that's unusual, okay? Most of the times they're giving, even with bad teams, a point and a half or two, and with some of the better teams, something like a Kansas City or something like that, maybe a four. Chargers get a zero. There's likely to be more Raider fans at this game than Charger fans, and I don't see much of a difference between the teams, to be honest with you. The Chargers. It's the end of the line for Philip Rivers. I think they're going to have to go and get a new quarterback. In fact, I would not be shocked if you see maybe some. You you might get the backup in in these last two games because the Chargers have to realize that it's over for Philip Rivers. Uh, maybe he can latch on someplace else. I don't think he'll be back with the Chargers next year. I think Oakland comes to play here and five and a half or six. I would look that that way. Yeah, even though it's a dead number, I I certainly. I can't possibly feel good about the Chargers laying that many points. I mean, I'm not sure that the Raiders are going to win the game, but five and a half points, that's that's too much uh, in my opinion. The Chargers are, you know, they're a weird team. I was shocked. I don't know about you, Dave. When the Vikings were coming in, I get that it was cross country um, and laying only two and a half. I mean, I realized that that was a pretty public side, but, you know, I felt like that game where the Chargers beat the Packers, you know what I mean, at home where you, you seemed sort of surprising. I don't know how you felt about that. To me, that seemed like a crazy spread because the Chargers just seem like they have completely moved on from this season. You know what I mean? So I'm a little surprised that this line is as high as it is, but uh, at this number, I certainly lean towards the Raiders like you do. Uh, Before we hit our last few games, I want to remind everyone about our giveaway. It is a signed Michael Thomas Saints helmet. You can go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details, but to enter, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. If you've already entered a previous contest, you're automatically entered for this one, so no worries there. Now, that Thomas helmet, all of our signed helmets, they come from Pristine Auction, where they offer a ton of great memorabilia with thousands of auctions every single day. Just go to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And when you go there, use our promo code bettingpros and get a free $5 voucher instantly. All right, Dave, let's move on to another game that uh, probably people won't have too much interest in. The Lions at the Broncos. Broncos length six and a half. Low total here of 37 and a half. Lions can't get anything done against the Bucks with David Blau. They might get on Johnson back in this game, but, you know, maybe that gives them a tiny bit of a boost offensively. But that doesn't really help them defensively where they've struggled across the board. Uh, the Broncos come off an abysmal performance against the Chiefs in snowy Kansas City. 
rather than attack the Chiefs on the ground, as is kind of the formula as to what you want to do with them, the Broncos had Drew Locke throw the ball more than 40 times. Predictable lack of success. So, how do you, I mean, it's a big number. How do you feel about the Broncos laying six and a half with a total of 37 and a half? Well, I'm not playing the Lions, and I'm not laying a touchdown with the Broncos. So, I yeah, that that's about where I am in this game. I, I can see... I could see if people want to tease Denver down. Uh, I couldn't argue with that. But yeah. aside from that, I, I, you know, it's just this is just this is a throwaway game. Yeah, there are a bunch of them. Again, as we mentioned, I mean, I think the Broncos do come out uh, on top in this game, but I highly doubt that I'd be willing to lay nearly a touchdown. Uh, it's just not a game where you really want to get involved in either of the teams. So let's get involved to a game where you might want to get involved in either of the teams, and that's the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Seahawks laying 9.5 with a total of 50.5. The Cardinals come up huge against the Browns. Offensively, they look closer to the team we kind of expected them to be in the preseason, other than, of course, Kenyon Drake scoring four touchdowns, which nobody really had in mind. The Seahawks let the Panthers climb back into that game and cover, depending on where you got the line, but uh, they win that game pretty handily. They've been banged up a bit defensively, but they just continue to find ways to win games. They've got their first round by in their sights, as we mentioned. They're the number one seed at the moment. They need to continue to win to hold off the 49ers. How do you feel here about laying nine and a half with a total of 50 and a half? I have no interest in laying that number with Seattle, which remains a team that wins close games, and that's why they're 11 and three, but they're not exactly a team that blows anybody out. And the Cardinals are not going to just mail it in. Uh, the Cardinals have played hard all season. They're, look, they've got problems defensively. There's no question about that. But this is a team that works hard, and they, I, I, they would love to go in and spoil things for Seattle. And the Seahawks have got a much bigger game next week. It's as simple as that. Uh, the game against the 49ers is, is, is the real big game for them. So I think it's a spot where you're, you're taking a big shot if you lay this kind of a, a number with Seattle. I would look at the Cardinals to hang tough. And I believe if the Seahawks lose this game, even if they lose, they can still win the division if they beat the 49ers next week. Right. Is that right? Right. right. Yes. Yeah. So it's not a game. Again, we don't want to talk too much about motivation because, you know, things like that don't always come into play in the way you might think it would. But in the end, yeah, you know, the Seahawks are going to be here. They It is a game where you could easily see them looking past a little bit, wanting to make sure they don't take too many risks. They did lose Josh Gordon. Now that he, Not that he's been a huge part of their offense or anything, but he's been suspended again. So that's a little bit of a debt. It's a big number. And again, they're not that good of a team. It's really Russell Wilson sort of working his magic. But I agree the big spread would make me pretty nervous to even be thinking about the Seahawks, even at home. Let's move on to, you know, this is another game where basically the whole season for these two teams has been looking at this game. The Cowboys at the Eagles. Cowboys are laying two and a half with the total of 46 and a half. Again, this is pretty much for the NFC East. The look ahead was a pick so it's now moved to Dallas, laying two and a half. Uh, I'm not sure if you expect that to keep moving. Yeah, I, I do. I, this, the game, this game's, this game's going to get to three. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's already juiced. At, I'm looking at the Westgate. It's two and a half minus 120. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at some of the Vegas houses, obviously. It's, uh, it's already juiced. So I think it's getting to three. And look, it's, it really is as simple as this. Dallas has a really good offense. The problem is it's been tremendously inefficient. So they've, they've piled up these yards. Well, they're, they're no one of the NFL in yards, but they haven't scored the points to reflect that. And that's just a matter of not being able to finish off drives. And, you know, you can blame it on Jason Garrett if you want or whoever. Uh, but they certainly, they certainly did so on Sunday. And that's a real feel-good win for the Cowboys. I think they're coming in with a head full of steam here. Whereas the Eagles, uh, that wasn't exactly a great showing against the Redskins. They're healthier. 
Dallas is healthier. I think they're better. And I think they're going to win the game. So, you know, if it's two and a half, I don't know if it makes my card or not because uh, I'm not a fan of the coach. Let's put it that way. But Dallas is a better team than Philadelphia. I don't think there's much question about that. The two teams might have the same record, but the Cowboys are the more talented squad. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel all that comfortable about it because of Jason Garrett, as you sort of alluded to very diplomatically. But yeah, I it is something where I jumped on it when I saw it was under a field goal because it is going to get above a field goal. And you just, you know, the Eagles, they're like barely scraping by these teams. You know, I know the final score, forget about the final score yesterday against the Redskins. That's the last second, you know, game that kills, you know, betters who had uh, laid the points with uh, or gotten the points with the Redskins. It was just a turnover on the last play of the game. They're barely scraping by teams that aren't all that talented. They're just completely decimated. I don't know if Lane Johnson's going to be back. Probably not. They're down all their wide receivers. So, yeah, it's just a game where you look at the way these teams match up, and it, it looks heavily in favor of the Cowboys. So if you can get them at under three, I feel pretty good about it, even though I'm a little nervous because of Garrett. Let's move on to the Chiefs at the Bears here. This is the Sunday night game. Chiefs laying five with a total of 45. Chiefs are looking a little bit more like the Chiefs of old. They win big against the Broncos. They still have an outside shot at that bye. The Bears, meanwhile, cannot beat the Packers. Pretty much ends their playoff hopes. It's that dead number of five, so it's got, you know, room to move either way. But how do you feel here about the Chiefs at the Bears? Chiefs laying five, total of 45. Yeah, at Chicago, I think you'll get the you have the Bears competing here. Uh, and I think it's got a chance to be a close football game. Um, you know, the Bears are... The Bears can relax now. They're not going to make the playoffs. And that might actually be a good thing for them. Maybe they'll just go out there and have some fun. And if they do, I think they might actually perform better than if, the, if there was something more on the line. That's kind of the way I've, I've looked at this team this season is when people haven't expected much out of the Bears, they've actually delivered some decent performances. And then when it matters, like it did yesterday, they come up and, and just throw in a clunker. So I think Kansas City... Uh, presents the kind of offensive challenge that the Bears defense will be excited about. And I would look for this to be a close football game. I would take the points. Yeah, I'm not sure whether or not I'd actually, you know, it would quote-unquote make my card or anything like that. But I do lean the Bears here for basically exactly the reason that you say. I mean, where the Bears are kind of vulnerable right now, you know, Akeem Hicks came back, but he was in and out of that game. He may not play next week. They're a little bit vulnerable against the run. The Chiefs cannot run the ball right now or just have no interest in doing it. The Bears are pretty solid against the pass, so they match up pretty well at home. The crowd's still going to be into it, even though oh, their sure. playoff chances are over. So I agree. This is a team that strikes me as a team that's going to continue to play really hard, even though their playoff hopes are over. So the points are a little bit too much for me. I'm not sure I love it, love it, but if I'm leaning one way, I agree with you. It's towards the Bears. Let's move on here to our final game of the week. Monday Night Football. Packers at the Vikings. Vikings here are laying four and a half with the total at 46 and a half. Obviously, you've got the Dalvin Cook injury. It sounds right. like he may play here. I mean, now the reports are a little bit optimistic, but it's somewhat unclear. You've also got his backup, Alexander Madison, banged up with the ankle injury, so it's unclear. So other than that, though, it's pretty much all systems go for the Vikings. Adam Thielen came back, got out of the game healthy. They destroyed the Chargers in that game, which I mentioned. I was surprised a little bit at the spread at two and a half and meanwhile the Packers look they continue to win um but it just doesn't look that impressive their their games are really close they could easily have lost a couple but they do continue to win they also are in the mix here for that buy so both teams know each other very well Packers at the Vikings Vikings laying four and a half total of 46 and a half uh the game doesn't mean much to the Packers because if they win next week they're going to win the division anyway uh and you know, that, that to me is, is uh, that's a spot I don't want to take a team in. I know it's a rivalry and stuff like that, but uh, 
The game, I think it means more to the Vikings. Uh, unfortunately, that's in the number because you're laying, you're having to lay more than a field goal here uh, with the Vikings. So I, I can't call it a real bargain. Let's put it that way. Um, lean Vikings, but that's as, probably as far as I'll go with it. And again, this is a, a spot where the Packers, you know, they're in contention for that buy. But again, you don't really think that seeding factors into, you know, a team that's more of a public thing. Is that right? Well, I mean, it's I, and again, this is what I said earlier. I know that doesn't make any sense. But if you look back over the years at what's taken place in games like this, it's been a you just can't argue with, with what the results have been. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I don't mean to dispute what you're saying and anything like that. I think that lessons for betters, you know, to pay attention to is that a lot of these narratives, a lot of these things where you just look at it on the surface and be like, well, this team's going to come out and play really hard or anything like that. That doesn't necessarily factor in. But again, the more desperate teams, certainly the Vikings here, um, they're going to be playing as hard. But as you said, it's baked into that number a bit. So it's tough, uh, tough number to lay. But at four and a half, uh, it's certainly a game that should be entertaining, at least for Monday. Yeah, night. I'd la- I'd lay it before I take it. Yeah, I understand. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, Dave. Thanks for joining me again. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you came on- back on the show. Remind everyone where they can find more of you and your work. Just uh, follow me on Twitter at Dave Koken, and uh, there's all kinds of links to other stuff there. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember to download the BetMGM Sports app and use the promo code HARRIS to get your risk-free first wager of up to $500. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com for your chance to win a signed Michael Thomas helmet. We'll be back later this week giving some of our best bets for Week 16. I'll talk to you then. Music.